Hey, this episode is exclusively brought to you by Enjoy the Ride Records. Visit enjoytheriderecords.com because they are an amazing purveyor of high-quality reissues from so many of your favorite bands. Visit their website and become educated. Enjoytheriderecords.com. Now on with the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of 100 Words or Less, the podcast. I'm your host, Ray Harkins. Thank you for hanging out with us this fine day, and we're like days away from Christmas. So hopefully you've done your shopping for all of your significant others and family members and other people. If not, you can give them this podcast. You can be like, you know what? I burned 100 of these episodes on CD, so I'm just giving you gift ideas, you know? Just just letting you know what's happening. So the guest this week, he this is a very, very special one for me. Because uh, his guitar playing is, it was one of the first I really sort of recognized as being a particular tone and just knowing who he was as a guitar player. Tom Capone, he played in bands like Quicksand and Beyond and Handsome, and he's done a, a lot of other rad musical stuff. I, I was just so stoked that he agreed to hang out with me. We hung out before he moved back to New York City when he was living here in Southern California. We hung out by a beach. I know that sounds very romantic, but uh, I was pretty nervous about this conversation. He's a private person. He doesn't do a ton of interviews, so I didn't know what sort of angle I could go at him with that would uh, incite some interesting conversations and kind of explore areas that might not have been explored in the past. So I digress. Let's give this some business stuff. At the top of the show, I mentioned the label Enjoy the Ride Records. They're sponsoring a couple episodes, and I am so thankful that they are interested in doing that. So what I encourage you to do is go to enjoytheriderecords.com and they've got a ton of amazing reissues. Right now they have Real Big Fish. Who doesn't like Real Big Fish? And something corporate. They have reissues that are up there right now. The first chord record, the self-titled record, the one that everybody listened to if you came up in the 90s, they have that on there. They also have a Kevin Devine Live at Looney Tunes record, a new motion picture soundtrack from this awesome movie, at least awesome because I've heard about it, called Bridge and Tunnel with a ton of Long Island musicians like John Nolan from Taking Back Sunday, Bayside, Vinnie Caruna from The Movie Life and I Am the Avalanche. The soundtrack sounds amazing. So basically, they've got a ton of rad stuff. If you're into vinyl, go there. EnjoyTheRideRecords.com. We appreciate them for the support. Go check it out. I've bought stuff from them before. They're a reputable, cool label. And he focuses so hard on bringing you the highest quality stuff that will sit on your shelves and you will hopefully consume musically. With that being said, I have to uh, kind of bring this to a serious note. I haven't mentioned something about this in the past couple episodes because I really wanted to collect my thoughts in regards regards to everything that is happening in the nation currently with obviously police brutality, Garner case, Ferguson. Ferguson obviously, uh, well, not obviously, Ferguson upset me and watching everything that was surrounding that entire city and all of the fallout from that was, you know, honestly heartbreaking. I, I think anybody, regardless of where they sit on the political spectrum, they can look at that situation and be like, tragic. And like I said, that ca- that case resonated with me, but it wasn't until the Eric Gardner verdict that came down. Because I remember watching that video, like as I'm talking about it right now, it's giving me goosebumps. It's something that's so visceral and the discussion around police being equipped with body cameras and having that be the solution for 
this epidemic of brutality that gets enacted on people that are citizens of the United States is scary. And so that that being the solution and then seeing this video, clearly that wasn't the case. I mean, I remember when I watched the video when it first came out, it's so heartbreaking. It was to watch this this person who simply is just trying to not be hassled for selling a loose cigarette. I'm just severely disappointed. It's just such a heartbreaking story and case. And honestly, I'm very glad that people are obviously speaking up. People are protesting, thankfully, peacefully protesting. It's it's something that, uh, you know, violence doesn't uh, beget violence and the sort of eye for an eye, everybody becomes blind sort of thing. You know, I, I personally don't adhere to that in the sense of, you know, I don't believe that uh, violent confrontations are the way to to settle things. And I'm definitely a pacifist uh, myself. But I'm just really, really glad that this discussion is continuing within the cultural landscape. That's I wanted to do my little part. I didn't want to just continually uh, week by week kind of gloss over this. And I know that this show doesn't really have any sort of political context. But, you know, people express their opinions here. And this is the medium that I have currently. So I believe that uh, if you want to be viscerally moved, watch that Eric Garner video. I encourage you to do that because I don't think anybody can watch that and walk away without feeling something. So ultimately, that's what I, I, I want you to get out of this. So shifting gears on a positive note, uh, in like two days, I'll be uh, returning to the stage with my old band, Taken. We're playing uh, two shows here in Southern California. Uh, if you listen to the show, if you listen to this podcast, come say hi to me because I like to meet the people who listen to this show in real life. I've been having some fun interactions with people at shows recently that are going up to me and are like, hey, you're Ray. I really like your podcast. I'm like, thanks. That's awesome. And so we start a dialogue from there. 19th and 20th of December. The 19th is at the Glass House. The 20th is with the Treyu at the Observatory. That show's already sold out. So if you want to see a us and hang out with us. It's on the 19th. So let's talk about Tom Capone. Like I said, just monumental in my own musical upbringing. And uh, I was just so glad he wanted to sit down and, and talk with me in the long form sense of the term. So here's my conversation with Tom Capone and I will talk to you afterwards. to you know you and kind of what you've been uh-huh. doing musically and everything so i'll take you back to i want to say it was probably 1994 so i was 14 at the time yeah uh i saw quicksand open for the offspring at the brennevent center in irvine anyway i had no idea who you guys were i think it was news for name you guys and then offspring and it was you know i was 14 just listening to the offspring and it was sure. one of those things where it was like my friend and i liked you guys and it was like Basically, I think we were like the test case of why you guys went on that tour of like, maybe, maybe we can appeal to some of these offspring fans. I'm not 100% sure if we will, but we, but we were totally the, like the positive upshot of why you guys like maybe in the back of your heads were like, I get, I will pick up some of these kids from this. But I just remember being like, wow, like what are these guys doing? Cause you I were didn't... like some of the guys that were possible, possible converts to quicksand. Totally. Maybe. Totally. Yeah, in that realm yeah exactly because all i was listening to at that point was kind of the radio you know yeah and so seeing so you guys new totally and it was just it was one of those things like i said i didn't understand it i was kind of like they're heavy but they sing and like i don't know where this i don't know where this sits in my head i mean you guys obviously did a ton of touring like was that one of the tours that was kind of the most left 
you know, left of center, so to speak, that you guys chose to do? I would think so, kind of, because uh, I think when, uh, you know, because of the fact that uh, one of the bands was no use for a name and their genre is different than ours. Right. And Offspring genre is more punk and fun right. and different Southern California style. Right. And we're like East Coast with a post-hardcore vibe, so right. it was totally different. <laughs> right. So we're in the middle of that. And that's when and the then, Offspring was exploding, too. That yeah, was just and like, like Offspring were like on their big hit song. Right. Yeah, they were exploding. So they were great shows. So it was all like young 16-year-old people and a lot of young people that were, you know, into it in America. And then we did another one in uh in Europe with them. Okay. With Guttermouth. Oh yeah, yeah. As yeah. the opener and yeah. that one go it went okay, but it didn't go as well. Right. Because I I thought people didn't get us as much because it was totally even more of a different scene because you had Guttermouth, right? Us and then <laughs> the Offspring, Offspring, right? And right. then Offspring were t- it was a different scene, uh-huh. I guess, than what we were doing uh, than post hardcore, I guess, you know, right? So right. it's hard to like fit us into a lot of stuff, you know. Whether it was like sometimes we played with like more metal bands, right? Sometimes we played with more like hardcore traditional bands, like Sick of It All, or right. It was hard to really fit us in with a lot of stuff, you know. Right. So you, <laughs> I'm yeah. sure it was one of those things you guys were just like. <laughs> I guess I guess we'll do this tour and see if this all, like it was probably just a constant experiment of who was going to be in. Yeah, <laughs> especially in the beginning when we first got signed to a major label, they were offering us tours with like Living Color right. and Anthrax and right. like you know White Zombie and you know yeah a whole bunch of bands like that and like we were like afraid about playing with those type of bands because you're on major labels already and of course you guys were sellouts already right right yeah we didn't want that you know we didn't want to have like something on our bus saying like mtv sucks or something yeah you know which happened once (laughs) one time you know we played in uh, germany or something and we were still playing like at a squat type place sure but we were on a major label and we were headlining Right, and they wrote like like MTV sucks. Or oh, on your guys because our yeah because our video was on MTV or something. Right, right. But it wasn't like you know, it wasn't really like that bad. You know, it was like you know, not it wasn't like a bad show or anything. It wasn't yeah. like that bad of a vibe. So some some punker did it or whatever. Of course, he felt yeah they and felt- it was like in that location where they were probably like really like do it yourself. You know, like East Germany just as it changed over there in the nineties. You know, right. And, yeah, they we were, were like you guys, like you said, you were. We were selling out. We were totally, on, we were on MTV and you they bought were playing in. a squad. What the hell is that about? What with a bus, you know? Yeah. Why are you guys coming here? Yeah, screw you guys. But we needed to change, you know, because we were getting to that point where we were playing hardcore for years, and right, it was just that time where music was changing. You know, Nirvana had already broken the doors sure. down, and Sub Pop Records and all these other labels that were independent were breaking the doors down, and right. bands like Helmet too from New York were breaking sure. it, and then um, bands were getting signed for major labels and they could do their artistic music the way they wanted to you know heavy or artsy or whatever right it was kind of cool you know like all these bands were getting signed like Jawbox totally thing. and bands and, that uh, shouldn't even end up on a major label ended up on a major label I mean that existed well totally into the, yeah I mean it's they like weren't the, looking for pop songs every no. time every, they didn't look for our pop songs no at, you know at the end maybe the last album they were just like where's a song that could be on the radio you know what's under three After minutes we made videos and spent all this money <laughs> But they had money to spend, I guess, for some reason. It was a different industry, you know? Oh, so totally. we, we well, got caught up in that, you know? And that was kind of cool, you know? Right. Well, you it guys... Helped, you know, it, it seemed get like... Get us somewhere, but we never broke it as a major band. Like, something didn't happen the way it was supposed to... Like, could have happened, I of guess, course. for us. But it makes it kind of cool because we still have people that like our music critically acclaimed, you know? Which is the, the most important thing, I think. Of course. You know? Well, yeah, you, you, leave, you leave a yeah. longer-lasting legacy based on that fact alone. Yeah. But, I mean, I think it is... 
it is one of those things, even not being acutely aware of the scene at that time, besides me just getting into music, you guys seem to not, even though you participate in a lot of the trappings that happen within the context of the major label industry, it didn't seem like you guys changed your approach, you know, you like who you kind of were as musicians. Like, yeah. You were, you're just like, well, this is us. <laughs> like, sure. We'll do weird promo shots and sure. We'll do this weird stuff. But like, just cause it's available rather than like, here's our thing. We can't I wait know. to do this. Like dressing up with makeup and stuff. Yeah. Like, <laughs> right. Like bands do that. Yeah. Right. 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 Some bands do that. you know, yeah, was there, or have done that, yeah. Was there ever uh, was there ever moments during the, during that time where stuff stuff was put on your guys' table that was like that you can remember distinctly being like, whoa, we're not gonna do that. Like, whoa, that doesn't feel right. You know, like whether it's touring or whether it's just like marketing ideas or whatever. Yeah, they always had like awkward stuff for us to do, you know, like um I can't remember one particularly, but uh Yeah. You know, they'd want us to play, like, some kind of, like, convention in, like, Florida. Okay. And it would just be for, like, industry people from, oh, like, Polygram yeah. Records or something. Sure. And it would be totally awkward, you know? Like, right. you're playing, like, four songs in front of, like, yeah. a ballroom-type dinner. Right. You know, for these people with suit and ties on or something. Right. That, like, like, Tony like, Bennett. Yeah. <laughs> right. And you're, but you're hanging out on a beach, you know? Like, we did stuff, like, weird like that, you know? Right. And like the showcasing is a str- it's a little strange in the beginning when you're first getting looked at as a band, right? Like some labels, like at that time, particularly labels wanted to like look at you or managers or whatever. So you had to like do showcasing, right, and some right. of the bands I was in throughout, you know, besides Quicksand or yeah. whatever, were were sh- did that too, and that was always strange. You know what I mean? Like you feel like you're being like selling, you're you're trying to sell out or something, you right? Know? We're, we're really so, good, trust me. Yeah. yeah, so it's awkward, you know. It was totally awkward. Making the videos was always awkward for us, for uh-huh. Quicksand at least. Yeah. I know all the guys in the band were completely awkward every time we made a video. Right. We never were happy with them. We never right. really had much of a say. Uh-huh. We tried to have a say, but it would get, like, just messed up. Like, it would sure. make the video look worse or, right. you know. It would just kind of be, like... And they would be high-budget videos. Right. Yeah. At that time, they were yeah. spending like you know tons Tens of money. Tens of thousands yeah, of dollars. Yeah, on like $60,000, $80,000 on a video. Like, right. Just for the I'm sure. I'm sure you felt like... they had. Right. I'm sure in some respects, and it's like you kind of felt... What power was. Whatever, right, yeah. right. I'm sure you also felt like kind of a conveyor belt in a way where it was like, well, we just get kind of put on this ride and we'll kind of like look left and right and be like, oh, that's weird. That's like, we got to do this. Like, I guess we'll do this. Yeah. <laughs> and they want you to like use producers and stuff and uh, engineers right. and just spend money, you know, on, you know, they want you to spend the money they're going to give you. At that time, that's what they were like. Right. Making you. They're encouraging you, know, they were you encouraging to do. encouraging you to do, yeah. Yeah. But you, you yourself, were you, you were always born and raised in the East Coast, right? Yeah. Okay. I'm from, Where in uh, particular? I was born, uh, well, I was in, I'm Long Island raised. Oh, okay. And I, like, mostly moved into uh, Brooklyn and New York uh, when I was 18. Okay, did, got it. like, more of the music scene there. Sure, sure. And I, But I started playing music in Long Island with a hardcore band, and, like, then I joined Bold. And, right. Um, soon after, I was in the city, and Quicksand started, and, you know, sure. and that was, was on my other stuff. Right, yeah. right. And so what was your uh, what was your family life like? Were you, you had brothers and sisters? Like, how was the, uh, you know, what did your mom and dad do for a living, all that sort of stuff? Um, it was a middle-class upbringing. Uh, okay. They're from Brooklyn, my parents, and uh, I was uh, brought up in Long Island, and uh, it was just more of a middle... I didn't really like Long Island so much because there wasn't really much going on there no. for me. <laughs> yeah. I always, like, as a young... 
I was into music really early, so I was like going to city the city to to see music. Even when I was like 15, I was going to CBGBs and stuff or right. whatever. And so I got a like a little crew of people that were into like hardcore and punk or whatever and metal that you know in my school, and right. that was kind of cool. But you know, there wasn't as much of a scene going on as there is now in Long totally. Island. It's like a different world now. You know? Oh, it it's totally like all is. these yeah. different bands and scenes. So back yeah, yeah. at the time. For what I was into, the genre of hardcore, and, and actually I was into black metal early on too. Right. Yeah. How? And now that, that that's what I found interesting in the 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 you know the, the quote unquote research I was doing on you online was the uh, you know the fact that that black metal was such a formative music style for you, and usually that's not like the typical entry point. You know, like usually it kind of goes whatever Metallica, Megadeth, and then maybe you start to kind of dive into that stuff so like what appealed to you initially about black metal because that's that's obviously a very you know anti-authoritarian you know anti-religious like there's so many things that tick the uh the, the check mark in regards to music that parents hate obviously <laughs> yeah it was totally more of a rebellious okay. thing it was for the extreme rebellion of it and the anti-authority right of it and how'd you get piped chaotic. into it um I don't know. I just wanted extreme things. That's why okay. I liked rock. I guess initially it was it was just rock music, you know, like okay. traditional rock, and then it was punk and metal, and you know, it was Metallica and okay, stuff and yeah, Slayer, yeah. and you know, sure. on those on the first albums. But I need more extreme metal as soon as the more black metal stuff was coming out, like Hellhammer or whatever. Sure. Um, Celtic Frost and Bathory and all those bands. Right. And I also did a fanzine in, in 1985 called Mutilator, which was a black metal fanzine with some hardcore in it too. Yeah, like, which that did, that I, didn't make sense at the time. Yeah, it was like <laughs> no, it was actually it was crossover time. Oh, it was okay, like, got it. As crossover music was starting, like DRI and right, CLC. right, right. So I knew those bands even at that time and checked them out and I was like, you know, that's when it was crossing over, but it was like, yeah. Right, you, 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 yeah, you were but trying. I was, but at first it was straight up like metal, you know, it was just pure black. Right. You know? It was more like, it was, it was thrash metal, like with Metallica first and then it was, yeah. you know, then you, you, as soon as the satanic metal came into the play, it you was were like, like way more extreme. Give me more. Yeah, I can't. Everybody started listening to Metallica and Anthrax. And, right. And Megadeth, and that was like more popular. The girls that were into Bon Jovi and stuff, yeah, yeah, I guess, yeah. were listening to Metallica. Sure. Like, so after Ride Them All, I was like, okay, you know, right. I got to move on to fucking more extreme. I <laughs> yeah, started yeah. finding these European records that were like Sodom and right. Creator and these bands like that. And, and buying the, de- and I did tape trading too in the demos. I was like really into that and doing like, right. You know, Corresponding with people in Europe and yeah, stuff. Yeah, Pen Pal, like, like with people and ta- trading tapes at lists of like live and demos and. Right, right. You know, like just into that and writing with fanzines and right. stuff. So do you have it was fun? Right, right. Do you uh do you have any brothers and sisters? Yeah, I do. Oh yeah, going okay. back to that. Yeah, no, I do have fine. a younger brother and sister, yeah. Okay. And so yeah. as as you were like obviously getting into all this this weird stuff by right. the context of your family structure, were they just like Oh Tom, where, what's happening with you? Where are you going? Like, were they were, were your parents terrified of the stuff that you were bringing home? They were actually. Uh, they kind of. Uh, they didn't really get involved too much of it. They just kind of okay. let me do be you? myself. Yeah, yeah, they let me be myself, but uh, they weren't really restrictive about it. You know, that's good. Um, I had an outlet to do it. You know, and even I mean, I also, I also find it. They were supportive of playing music and stuff like that. They weren't against it, but I didn't really want. Like, I wasn't trying to play music to impress them. I didn't want them to come to my shows or. Right, right. You know, I was still against them. You know, right. They let me do what I wanted. You know, I wasn't doing anything bad at the time either because when I was at that time, fifteen, sixteen, I was also straight edge. So I was like, 
I wasn't like doing, you know, anything bad, you know. I was like just having normal fun stuff, you know. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. The, yeah, I've buying <laughs> records and shit, you know. Right. It's just I, skateboarding. I, I have this picture of you in my head in regards to like, cause, you know, I mean, black metal is usually not set on so straight edge either. And then nor, I mean, suburban living, yeah. There's definitely a connection yeah. you can find between that and black metal. Like I said, it's just it's interesting because it's not common within the context of of people waving that flag. Um, within the hardcore scene, people can like that stuff, but they don't maybe wave the flag as much as obviously like it's readily accessible with you. Where it's like, oh, you can see it either in your guitar playing and your approach, or your own philosophical, you know, output that you've put out there. Yeah. Um, where where did that kind of that anti-authoritarian you know spirit come inside of you? Is that always just kind of like what you noticed? Where it's like, I you know I can't stand school. Like how did that all manifest itself? Um, I think it's just like it's a manifested thing. I think it comes just from like your own personal, ch- ch- you know, your childhood and stuff. Uh-huh. You know, and the way you are as a person, right? And the way your behavior is, and just the way your view. You've just always is. been that way. You're yeah, just, exactly. You can't, you and it's like think. I try to get, I try to be more positive and stuff. But I mean, um, my attraction, but uh, but it's more therapeutic. I think like okay. the dark stuff because you know. As I got, you know, as I'm older now with it, it kind of resonates with me in a more healthier way. It's right. not like a negative thing. It's not. It's more of a, you know, a way to just kind of release myself. Sure. Know? And uh, well, there's a, there's always a dark and light balance. Yeah. I definitely like. I I can empathize with. I mean, because I mean, I myself like. I, I'm for lack of a better term, I call myself Christian, but it's like everything that exists within the you know extreme black metal world i 100% respect like from not only from a musicianship level but like i find value in that and i like bands from that level even though from a philosophical standpoint i shouldn't but it's like you need that balance in order to be able to feel like you 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 not only do you understand music better but you are kind of a a more well-rounded person that way Rather yeah. than being like, oh well, they don't agree with me, so I probably shouldn't even pay attention to it. You know, yeah. it's like because it's just so, I find it so uh, myopic. Where it's like if a person just pays attention to that, like you know, like so many people fall into hardcore and like that's all they do, and they don't pay attention to anything else outside the context of that. But right. like obviously, that's never been your own personal path with it. No, I move on to different things, you know, and uh, and f- and for me, a lot of the appeal of also like the black the black metal was also the occult too, because I sure. also got into that too right. as part of my rebellion and part of my right. trying to be different or whatever when I was younger. And sure. uh, I studied like books on the occult, of and course, whether it was Aleister Crowley or whatever, yeah, or the Satanic Levin. Bible. Right, sure. And I got like into that and like reading all those books and practicing magic and sure. like, Nordic runes and stuff. Yeah, and, yeah, like, yeah. Early on for years. I'm not into that currently at all. Yeah, you yeah. Know? And I'm not into any kind of like religious belief mm-hmm. or anything now. And uh, I'm just more like, you know, scientific about stuff. But, sure. Uh, I'm, uh, but you you're, know, you, but you're, but I, I mean, checked it out for a year. Right. You're so glad I you had, experienced I it. I had experience with it. And that's what appealed to me the whole imagery with the, uh, the bands and you know with the black metal and all that mixed in and right right you know and also i got into industrial music too which was also totally. had a mixture of occultism in it too which is like uh you know bands like current 93 and psychic tv Throbby yeah yeah Throbby Gristle, right exactly um, death in june um all those kind of british type bands and there's bands from all over but you know what i mean those are some of the older bands that you know started right. it or whatever but uh yeah it was always, it was always yeah it's always so interesting and, too like when you first start to trip on that there, there's something that kind of, you know, springs to your mind in regards to like the imagery that they're using. Obviously, how harsh the music is. Like it's so, like you listen to it and you're just like, 
whoa, like, I just, like, I don't think I'm supposed to listen to this. Like, <laughs> it's like this weird, uh, this, yeah. I mean, like, total, and, you know, the antithesis of, like, sometimes music, where you're just like, this is so aggressive and harsh, but it's yeah. like, it does scratch that, like, man, this is awesome. Like, they're literally playing by their own rules. Like, you know, like, I mean, Merzbo, like, from Japan, it's just like... I gotcha, yeah. He, he's, he's on a whole different level, and you're that just... That sounds like what I was thinking, White House, like a band right. like White House. Exactly. It's a band, like, that makes you feel uncomfortable. Right. It's the lyrics or totally. whatever they're singing and the screaming and right. the, the sound. And they're challenging you on so many different levels. You know, yeah. Yeah, it's not for everybody. But it's the crazy, um, yeah. That's, like, pretty extreme. That's more, like, than power electronic noise. Totally, yeah. totally. There's all different styles. There's different post-punk yeah. styles of music that came out of that, you yeah. know? Yeah, no. It's, um, it's, so there's just so much going on, and there's so much that you know I that I missed even in the in, in the 80s, you know. Right, right. That I'm like rediscovering now, you know. Yeah, that yeah, are, yeah. That's from Europe and stuff. So. Sure, and you're like, wow, this is great. Yeah, and there's all these new bands that are picking up on playing stuff like that. There's totally a new scene out now of all different, you know. Yep. Different genres, you know, you know, little pockets of any kind of scene, you know, whether yep. it's like. You know, for me, sometimes I go into uh, like places like the Echo or of course. this place called the Complex, and I check yep. out like part-time punks or sure. I check out like post-punk bands that are new and right. stuff, and industrial bands, and uh, check out new stuff. You know, all the time. Right. That's the the fact that music obviously still excites you from that perspective is is good because obviously it just shows. You, I mean, you having all the experience that you have had within you know both major label industry and independent industry you you had so many opportunities to check out and be jaded you 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 could be just like oh fuck it i don't care like music sucks i've already right, had, yeah. i've been there and i've done that because a lot of people i see that a lot actually, right with older people right they get that way like they just kind of like they don't really care anymore about uh right anything like right, music new, or they might listen to some old stuff, but yeah, 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 that's it, and it's kind of like it's an afterthought. It's strange to me. I don't know. I, I, so I presume the the path as you were going through high school and, and kind of focusing on like what the rest of your life would look like, were you always kind of like, yeah, I only want to do music? Like, was the idea of you know not even being a quote unquote professional musician because that's always a weird you know you don't yeah, think of that you when you're fifteen, yeah. but like was that always or or did you have something else that you were like, oh, I want to you know do this other stuff, but music will always be kind of first. You know, did you have any other career aspirations from that perspective? Um, I couldn't really say because music to me, like I was into, mu- I don't know. I, I really didn't say, I couldn't say that I had uh, thought that much about it really, you know, yeah. it was so crazy. Like it was just, well, I mean, yeah, you were, you were obviously jumped into the New York scene with like you're saying when you're 15, I, I 16. I thought I'd, yeah, it was so short lived. I, I did. I didn't really think that far ahead. I really thought like just, <laughs> yeah. okay, let me get like playing in bands and let me play tours and like be as big as this hardcore band. Right. You know, which was like someone like Bad Religion or something. If I could do that, that's like awesome. Like yeah. if Quicksand could be as big as Bad Religion was at the time in 1990 or whatever. That was your that blueprint, That would be cool. Right? Yeah, right. that was like awesome, you know. Sure. Cool, we could play like, you know, our own shows and do Europe and, right. you know, put out our own records and great. Right. So that's all I needed, you know. Sure. So that's kind of like what I was looking at doing. You it was know? kind of a so it was kind of a one foot in front of the other approach yeah. for you, where it's like and oh. everybody was. I felt like I was a scene at the time, and everybody was doing the same thing and living the same style away. Right. Like a lot of the people that I was hanging out with, like the guys in Youth of Today and Gorilla Biscuits and whatever. Sure. They were all like working at health food stores and like right. bars or you know clubs and. Uh, I always put it this way, where it's like a person kind of you know when they decide to dedicate their life to whatever creative art they're following. 
they build their life around it in the sense of, yeah, of course, you, you have to supplement your income with a job sometimes, but that job is usually completely disposable. Like you just be like, well, yeah. I, gotta, I, gotta, I gotta quit. I gotta do this thing or whatever. I know. Yeah. It's pretty harsh. It's still that way, you know? Right. Even as you get older, you know, you still, unless you're busy with music 100% on yeah. full time, if you're trying to do music, you gotta supplement like work and, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta have a job that's flexible so you can go away and do music, you know, right. for whatever amount of time. Right. Sorry, I'm gone for two months. Yeah. <laughs> So it's a, it's a, it's, you know, like some people get lucky and get these really kick ass jobs where they can do that. Right, know? right. Yeah. So I'm envious of that. You know, I haven't found that one yet. But <laughs> yeah, but it's out there. <laughs> yeah, it's out there, hopefully, you know. Um, so was, was, was Bold the first, like, quote unquote, real band that you played in? Or had you, like, what was your first band? Like the first um, incarnation of, of, my first real, real band yeah. was Beyond, which okay. was a hardcore band yeah, that yeah, came yeah. from. We played with Bold, of and course, we played right. with Grill Biscuits, and we because that was your entry point to Bold, right? Like yeah. You, okay, got it. Yeah. So we already had played shows, and that's when I got, and then I got in Bold like after that band already started after several months. And, right. Uh, so Beyond was your very first band, like that yeah. Was, okay. Which that's a that's a pretty good first band to be in. <laughs> that was a fun band because it had like half of it had one of the drummer from Quicksand in it. Right. And, uh, well, and you had like good guys from the guy from, you know, that played uh, in Inside Out. Of course, he moved out here in San Diego, and he right. Lived in, uh, well, it, with, it it's it's know, interesting because the, Beyond was, um, especially for the age in which you were creating that music, was was pretty technically proficient. You know, like for what the style was you're trying to do because you know most like whatever 14 to 16 year olds that start to play in bands are like are usually terrible at their instruments like <laughs> and i'm sure like you guys seem to have whether or not you were terrible there was a sense of like you were able to maybe cover it up i don't know like it just it sounded like beyond if i played it for anybody they wouldn't be like oh that's someone's first band maybe the recording right. quality would maybe give it away but <laughs> yeah that's, that's maybe about it. So yeah. did you got like did you guys take that pretty seriously as far as like the way that you wanted to sound to the the world or was it just kind of like whatever like here we I, are. My playing advanced pretty quickly uh-huh. and we just had a really good circle of musicians in our high school. Sure. That were really into music and there was really good people to play with and bounce ideas off of and mm. there was a good support system of music in our school. Yeah. So you around, just had a wealth of people to pull yeah, from. And yeah. Like music was just something important to a lot of a lot of people around us and making bands. And we always made like joke bands and fun, you know, <laughs> bands that we played at parties with and stuff. Right. So Do cover there songs, was yeah. before I even did like a real band like Beyond, I had like joke bands that I did that okay. just were fun where I played, you know, drums or whatever, you know. Right, right, right. And, and you but, know, but, so it just started for fun, you know, but sure. it was more serious too because I had a serious message too, you know, and I was like a serious person and right. I had serious angst and stuff, you know, sure. so that was part of it, you know. Right, 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 but, right. You know, um, there was different elements, you know. Yeah, yeah. That all, it was all, a fun all, element too, you know. Of course. Was, so, I mean, you played drums as well. Like, so what was, the first instrument was guitar though, right? Like that was what you picked up first or was it drums first? I think, well, um, no, I wanted to be a drummer. I started playing drums first actually okay. um, on a, just like a bad, bad kit that I got for free somehow. Sure. And I, I made like a joke band just, you know. Yeah, and uh, and just started playing drums like that for fun, and then sometimes I'd go to the studio and play. And uh, okay, but uh, I never got a, a real good kit or anything, so I switched to guitar. Right, you know? <laughs> you're and like then, uh, this is cheaper. <laughs> yeah, well, my parents didn't buy me a kit or anything. I got that kit. It wasn't even that loud. It wasn't like a full like deal. 
kit, you know? Yeah, yeah. I don't know what it was, but... Right, right, right. I don't know. Yeah, you you had like a high hot in a snare, right? <laughs> it had that, but it didn't have like the the big size of a of a big kit. Or anything, right, right, you know? right. You didn't have like it three floor tom sounding or anything. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh... But it got me like the effect that I needed, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, which was like kind of like a garbage can. Right. But yeah, better is, sound. Of course, you could for, just for playing that kind of music that I was doing. At right, the time. you could just hit and it would be loud. Yeah, right? yeah just yeah. fast hitting and like super fast, like right. Know. And so, something that um, also struck me personally, like when I first started to you know pay attention to like obviously like your lineage as far as like all the different bands that you've played in, um, I I honestly think that there you were the first like guitarist in which I personally recognize, especially noted on the the handsome record as well, you know, and obviously everything you did before that, where it's like I noticed like a distinct tone from you, you know, like. Before that, I just would be, whatever. It's a guitarist, like you know, they would just be playing in a band. But you were definitely the first person that was like, "Oh, like that's a that's kind of a, a Capone sound in a way." Like just the way that you approached it was that something that was always pretty, uh, whether or not it was deliberate, but was that always something that was like important to you to kind of sound distinct in a way? I think so. I yeah. think uh, when I first started picking up guitar, it was important to be original and uh, and not really like I had like the. The initial equipment I got had effect pe- effect pedals yeah. with it, like a phaser and a delay pedal and sure. a distortion, and and I was into just being more creative at writing and stuff. So I was always into having a sound and putting feeling into just the playing, and I think that's like the key of playing wise is the uh-huh. way you play. You know, like it doesn't matter what instrument, what kind of guitar you're playing or amp. You know, yeah, it's how you're the, how you're doing it, playing. You know, your feeling, right? So I just kind of like tapped in with that somehow you know throughout my years plus you know just the whole point of sitting around for hours when you're younger building up dexterity playing guitar and doing finger exercises is like a big part of it too you know put in the time yeah so you got to do that plus you know you have to have the some people just do have that aspect and they can still play in music and play in bands but they're lacking that feel or that's or very, their tone or sound. Yeah, yeah. And they could be great players and they're on good albums and stuff or whatever, but right. they don't have like their own t- tone of yeah. their sound. No, I totally so some people yeah. have said that, and I hear it, you know, and it's kind of cool, you know, to know that it comes from just your finger, you know, from your right. picking, I think, you know, and the way your your fin- both hands are working. Yeah, know? no, that's really... In your head. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, it's it's the whole appeal of obviously like, you know, punk and hardcore in general. It's like the, you know, the feeling and emotion behind the music is is you know almost what's you know sometimes more important than the actual instrumentation of of you know music the way that you approach it was very much like i want to be solid musically but then my emotion has to cut through and sometimes i just don't think that you know people are emotionally mature enough to understand that that like you got to combine those two initially (laughs) yeah definitely wanted to have like a distinct character to my 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 notes sure and was very picky about what notes i'd go to from each note you know sure so I, I wanted to just sound like its own thing, you know. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Was, you know, I was in a trip, trippy out, tripped out guitar stuff like Robert Fripp and oh sure, um, and just like progressive guitar players and stuff. And uh, well, it also sounds like you just because, in my opinion, in listening to you know what you've you've been listening, your influences are. It's like you had so many different inputs. You know, kind of like what we were talking about earlier, where it's like if people only listen to you know hardcore, like they're not really putting other stuff in their head to be able to kind of. Do put something all different and right. make take it to the next level. Totally, I mean, yeah, totally. That's yeah, how yeah. we had to do it with quicksand. We were like, okay, you know what? We're 
you know, it's cool. We're playing yeah. these bands and we're doing, but we got, let's do something like more different now, you know, like let's right. try to write something that does something different or has sure. different chords, you know? Right, right, let's right. Let's use different chords. Yeah. <laughs> You're you like, what you're like, wow, what wow, a novel concept. A fucking open chord, you know, on a hardcore song. Wow, that's totally cool. Yeah, well, that hasn't, like, been, that hasn't yeah. been done 400 million or times before. Just listen to different stuff. We're like, okay, let's listen to Led Zeppelin. Yeah. I haven't listened to that since I was 13. Right. Let's just listen to Led Zeppelin and try to write some quicksand songs, you know. Right, which or, is, yeah. It's and incredible. whatever else was new, you know. We listened to the shoegaze stuff that was new at the time. Right. And just yeah, you put different stuff influences. like Helmet and, you know. Right. Yeah, yeah. We just kind of did our own thing, you know. And we're heavily into like Fugazi, and of course, you know, of course. that came from our hardcore sound. You know? Right? Yeah. No. No. I mean, it's it's, so. per- it's perfect. Yeah. It does give you more, to, you know, like you said, a wider repertoire to pull from. In doing, you know, research online about you, the there's not much out there. You you strike me just making a judgment call here, but you strike me as a as a relatively private person mm-hmm. in the sense of. You know, I mean, I, I presume you obviously let people in from that perspective, but, you know, from a general sort of public view of the world, uh, you're a private person. Do you, does that strike you? Like, do you? Um, I haven't, yeah. I mean, pretty much. I don't think I've been out there as much as I was uh, doing. I haven't really put out anything new in a while. Yeah. So I don't think, uh, besides these reunion shows with Quicksand or some of the hardcore bands I've been doing, like Beyond and Bold. Beyond and Bold, yeah, yeah. But uh, besides that, I've been kind of like, you know, low-key in what I've been doing and moving out here and stuff and moving back to New York and... Uh, yeah. You know, and i just been kind of waiting to have a new band project to really kind of make more of a noise about what I'm doing next. You know? Right, right. So, d- so does that does that collect that together, you know? Okay. Does that yeah. bleed over into, like, your personal life as well? Like, do you consider yourself a private person? Um, yeah, I do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I do. I, I like to share a, a certain amount of privacy in my in my in my life. You know. Sure. Yeah. Just. I mean, the only reason I ask is because it is, it is it is interesting, especially as musicians evolve and and kind of have to be, um, especially this day and age, like in constant contact. You know, like oh, I'm constantly tweeting. I'm constantly updating. You know, like that's. I mean, now the pendulum is swinging the other direction, where bands aren't announcing anything until like. Hey, our record's coming out next month, you know. But like, there is yeah. that constant contact of like being present from that perspective, and you yeah. know, you 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 choose not to do that. Besides, like obviously, like Instagram and Facebook, like you participate, right. but you're not like, you know, out there from that perspective. You know, for at least from what I've noticed. Which, yeah, you know, obviously, I feel like um, I don't have much of any new product really, or I, it's kind of weird to say the word product. But yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, have yeah. any new like material that I'm like presenting to anyone. Right, right, so right. It's kind of like uh, it's kind of like an issue where it's like, okay, I'm doing my old band, but and that's cool. Right, come see me. You know what I mean? That's cool. Like, let's document this. But yeah, I'm not like. I'm looking to do new stuff, but right. I just haven't got the right, you know. Yeah, yeah, the right thing. pieces together. Yeah, so um, that's pretty much probably why well, one of the reasons why I've just been kind of like more in the low key. Sure, sure. No, and, I just uh, I was just curious. Like I said, if that directly correlates to your personal yeah, life as well. Because you know, I want to come. You know, if I do something, I want it to be like noticed. So Impactful. Do, sure. Yeah, and I think with even with Quicksand, we made a conscious decision even when we came back as our reunion. Yeah. To not do interviews and to keep it low key. Right. 
So I kind of like that style kind of works with a lot of things that I do, I guess, too. Sure, sure. And trying to like not make a big deal too much over yourself and not make yourself seem too important and just be like, okay, you know what? If you like what I do, then, you know, then you can it's follow here, it. you know. Sure, sure. And that approach seems to be pretty cool, like right now at least. Yeah. Know? No, that's, that's, that, that's very interesting from that perspective. I, I, this is what I do if you like it, you know. Yeah, And check I feel it out. confident that I do something that some people are going to like. Not everybody. Buddy, but like there's a niche out there for me you know so right whatever it would it would it, would it whether it's with quicksand or whatever else i do you know but, yeah did you ever did you ever find yourself falling into that um you know that sort of i like to call it like an identity trap where you felt your importance was directly related like you're tom from quicksand you know like you're tom from whatever you know tom from beyond tom from bold like did you find yourself attached, like, you know, getting caught up in that game of being like, like my worth is directly attached to the music that I'm, I'm creating? Yeah, I yeah. think so, especially when you try to get opportunities that are outside of uh, your level of uh, comfortability in musical uh-huh. playing that uh, aren't maybe aren't stuff that you like. Like I have like a couple opportunities to play in session work and stuff like right, that. Right. And I'm like, I'm not feeling it because it's not, you know, I feel like, okay, it's going to ruin what I did in the past or, sure. You know, I don't yeah, know if yeah. that's what you mean. I, well, I mean, I'm conscious of, what? yeah, no, no, no. I mean, I, yeah. I, yeah, that's, that's, that's in directly, that's in relation to like your legacy. Like the, yeah, you don't want to tarnish, you know, you don't want to play on a record that you don't feel comfortable with because, right. you know, people would be like, oh, what's Tom doing playing on this awful new metal band or whatever. Yeah. But the, I was, I was more so relating to like your own personal, um, you know, feelings and kind of, you know, the worth that you know sometimes people attach themselves so much to being like like my identity is tom from quicksand you know like yeah and then when quicksand isn't there like what you know, who am right like you know did you ever like find I've yourself playing yeah. yeah well, well quicksand did break up for a while of course so i had a, a, a my own you know path right right path where um i was pretty low-key at that time and uh well, I've done other bands. I was in that band, Handsome. Of course. Right after Quicksand initially broke up in 95 or 96. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you did Instruction, and, uh, yeah, yeah. And then I was in Instruction. So I kept a little busy, you know. As Quicksand was coming to an end, did you did you feel that like, oh, what's next? Like, oh, shit. Like, what am I going to do? Like, did you ever run into any of those, those I feelings? I think the second time around, the first time around, I knew that already uh, there was already me talking with the guys in Handsome. Right. Because they were already a band that I was working with and helping sure um um just in, in the sense of getting a drummer with for them and sure just, you know helping them out friends and yeah um so that was something that i was like kind of like jumped right on to uh-huh but the second time around was more uh of a i had already left handsome and quicksand tried to do stuff um we tried to do some we did a tour with deftone right i remember that music and yep um, it was like a year and a half of uh, stuff that just didn't work out, you know. Right. And we broke up for for several years. So. Right, right. Um, and so after that, that's that when was you... kind of a bittersweet leave of the band uh-huh. um, of our breakup, you know. Yeah, and, and I'm, I'm just thinking, I... and I never thought it would even happen again. And then just you know, in those last two years or so, I had you know gotten calls from the guys, you know. Right, and it made sense. Right, and, uh, it made sense to do it, you know. Yeah, to try it at least. Of it course, was not really even about doing it exactly. It was more about okay, let's just do this revelation thing for five songs. Of course, which was incredible. And just pl- really, <laughs> yeah, cool, yeah. Thank you. Of course. Um, and that was exciting, you know. And mm-hmm. it was like kind of like unexpected. And we were like, yeah, okay, the timing's like kind of feels good, you know. Yeah, let's go ahead and trot it out and there. And everybody's into it, so that's kind of awesome. Right, so, right. And then that led into not the idea of playing more 
gigs. Yeah, of course. Like, okay, let's do some of this, you know? Well, yeah, just because, I mean, it's like, yeah, you wanted people to have the experience of seeing you guys, and like, yeah, I mean, it was fun. Ultimately, that's why you guys did music in the first place, because it's fun. Um, And the second time, this time, well, this whatever time around, third or whatever, now it's been. um, (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's been really fun, and we've been getting along, and it's been a healthy, you know, good thing for all of us. Well, because you're, I mean, you're all adults, and you know how to, like, not only work with one another better, but like know how to exist probably like in your own personal lives better just because yeah. then it's like, oh yeah, like we can, you know, it doesn't need to be this like high pressure cooker thing. It's yeah, like, exactly. It's we've just a thing. The, we've been through the business. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. We're, we're kind of like know where we're at and we're just, you know. Yeah, enjoying it. Um, enjoying it. And, uh, and we're not trying to play too many live gigs either. I think there's a possibility of us recording new stuff, you know. Right. Um, so that might happen in the near future, and uh, so, I mean, right. a but lot of the guys have several loose. other bands going sure, of on, course. and uh, that's kind of my idea too: is to keep uh, keep going with several different musical projects, you know, and keep right. busy and stuff. You, know? um, you mentioned uh, you mentioned Han- Handsome, and I'd be remiss if I didn't mention be- mention the band because it's like it, I saw you guys. I think okay, I'm fairly certain that you guys played a show in San Bernardino with like Strife. Voodoo Glow Skulls. I mean, it was like, again, Handsome made no sense on the bill. Like, <laughs> Right, that was a bill with Descendants. Descendants, right? exactly. Yeah. And I I just remember watching you guys and being like, holy shit. Like, <laughs> I, I loved it. I mean, I already knew the, the, the quicksand connection. Not, yeah, yeah, <laughs> but that was not what the most of the audience was, was, was looking for. <laughs> it was totally, for. like, way out of range. Totally. <laughs> um, but it's interesting now because it's like, Handsome is it, now, just because obviously there's such a resurgence of interest in music from like the late 90s and mid 90s. Um, you know, is it, is it weird for you to all of a sudden like see attention put on a band that released one record and was really only around for like a year after that yeah it's weird you know yeah it's not that weird because it's not that big right but it definitely strikes me as strange when, when i when i do have people that come up to me that are sincerely like really into it right like, genuinely like into the band and like right it's been something that they've been influenced by or whatever you know right. whatever they whatever the case could be but uh yeah, it's pretty cool, you know. Yeah, yeah. I think it's cool, you know, um, that there's a resurgence in the, in this style of music, you know. Right. And uh, I, I put a lot of work into that stuff at that time. Yeah, and it yeah. didn't pay off to be huge, you know, million sell- sellers. So why not, you know, have something that's out there for people to hear or even if it's older people want to reminisce on and collect, of course or new people that hear it you know well yeah no I, it was good stuff you know and it totally was, you know i think there's like a there's always going to be music that are going to cite you know what i mean people are still discovering bands now from the 70s that are you know yeah that are big. important like, right i never you know like you know you would never hear a band like about like that band suicide yep like, you wouldn't hear about them like 10 years ago but no. now everybody's influenced by them totally totally like, from or it's big, like Rocky, big artist yeah, or, like Rocky Erickson. You'd be like, "Wow, like his legacy still, yeah. <laughs> still lives on," and you're just like, "Wow, this is." I mean, it's crazy because no one would have ever predicted that. So um, you never know what what happens. With no, not music. at all. And there's been a a big thing in hardcore lately, yeah. like especially on the East Coast, but all over Europe, everywhere. It's like there's a lot of people in hardcore, and that's why you're seeing a lot of the hardcore bands play shows again and stuff yep. because there's a market for it. There's you know? an interest. There's people that right. want to see it, yeah. Um, so. In uh, instruction to me always seemed. I mean that like if I were to rank 
this is just personal preference. Sure. Your your uh, your your musical projects. Instruction is definitely like I hardly listen to that record now. Uh-huh. Um, and it's one of those things where to me, even like because that, that record came out what like early two thousands, I want to say. Yeah. Yeah. Two thousand and three or four. Right. Yeah. And so to me, it strikes me like that was totally a record, not so much from the band's intentions, but a record that kind of got completely thrown into sort of the major label world and being totally. like, I don't even like you guys probably didn't even know what to do with all of that as it was existing. Like after you got signed and after like, cause I mean that like you guys only existed for, cause you put out an EP before, right? Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it just it seemed was so quick. And right. It just seemed it like, right. It, se- it seemed like it was a very, uh, yeah, it was a very rushed process of everything that you guys were going through. And I yeah. presume you probably look back at that time and are kind of, um, I, I mean, puzzled by it, or, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm sure. There, I'm sure you learned a lot, but I'm sure at the same time it was kind of a weird scenario. Yeah. That whole thing. It was definitely. It was. Uh, it was strange because, uh, well, there was good things about it, and there was there was some really awesome things about that time, and then right. there was some things that were like a little weird about it. But uh, the whole thing with instruction was that the guys mostly in the band, yeah. Um, were in that band called Era Type Eleven, of course, which was a you know New York band. They had put out a couple of indie records, and yep. uh, they were playing together for years. And I guess they wanted to call it quits. And then most of the dudes in that band wanted to start a new band. Sure. So I got like with them. And yeah, you got ushered playing, into yeah, it. Yeah, and I got started playing with them, and we created a demo within a month and played like South by Southwest and. Yeah. For some reason, Geffen Records saw us, yeah, and they signed us, like, right. just from that one show. And it was like only we've been been together for like a month, <laughs> right? And You're we not had ready. this demo of four songs that we just wrote, our first four, four songs, right? That were kind of like era type eleven type songs, you know? Yeah, yeah. But trying to break away from that, you know, sure. and create something new, and uh, and then we got signed, so we had this big deal thrown at us, and then you know whatever and then there was managers and it happened so fast that i didn't really even get to digest whether this was was a real band right was it a yeah was i totally there yet you know yeah 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 and uh so it's kind of just a long for the ride sort of thing so fast and i and i and i and i felt a lot of it i always felt like it was like it sounded a lot like era type 11 totally because most of the guys in the band came from that band so i felt like i wanted to break away from that sound more so it just never got resolved, and we had to record a record, and it was just quick. <laughs> yeah, it happened like quick. Like we got a bigger ma- like a management that was like big, and they put us out on tours with like Lincoln Park and Corn and like, right. I don't even know if people even knew that we played with those bands. Oh like, no, no, I totally. I remember seeing because at that time I was working at an independent record store, and my it, it was such an interesting thing to watch where it's like at at the record store if I received a promo copy of a record like you know four or five times. I knew that that band was probably going to fail. Like, and it was mostly just because that, that was yeah. like the major labels mentality of just like, oh, let's get promos out there and get the word out there in the street. And it, it was the very end of that time. Yeah. When they were giving out any record deals. Like, totally. Actually, what the cool thing was, we did get a, uh, right, Geffen, the president um, uh-huh. of Geffen signed us. Okay. And uh, he gave us a really good record deal. And, uh, and then the producer they had was a dude. He was a dinosaur guy called Bob Ezrin that okay. did Kiss. Sure, yeah, he yeah. did Destroyer and a bunch of other Kiss, and he did like Pink Floyd, The Wall, right. And, he, and the newer stuff he did was like um, Jane's Addiction and Thirty Seconds to Mars, right. Which was what well, we can just base whatever new stuff he sounded like. Yeah. The band was kind of more on the level of our ma- with our management trying to write more radio type songs, sure, for rock, right. So, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was definitely, you know, it was definitely geared more towards that. And, and you, well, but and it you, failed at that too. Right. Well, and you and, had no time. You had no time to develop as a band, and no. that's like that's yeah. That to yeah. me, that's the key element of that. We didn't have much time to develop as a band, and you know, we played a lot in England actually. For some uh-huh. reason, I don't know if people knew this, but uh, yeah, we did better over there than here, and we did a lot of like more touring over there on like like seven inches and EPs. And oh, stuff. sure, sure, but. Yeah, um, <laughs> it was what it was. Our label wasn't based there, you know. Right. Our label was in, was here, and they, right, you know. Yeah, there, there's only so much that they could do over there. Um, so yeah, but it was a good experience recording with a guy that I respected his uh, his past work. Of course, it gave you cool and, opportunities. And then there right. was a studio that was legendary called Sunset Sound. Which yeah, was of course. Where like the Doors and totally you know, Janis Joplin did stuff, and yeah, it was cool to um, be a part of that lineage. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. That was awesome, you know. Yeah. And I'm still friends with all the guys that play in that band, and they're right. doing their own things, and it's pretty cool, you know, so. Yeah. Um, and in, in, in referencing kind of, you know, lineage and legacy like we were talking about, um, and how we were talking about how music is, is obviously cyclical, and it was, um, you know, like when you guys obviously went on, on that, you know, when you were doing Quicksand Dates and you brought out Title Fight, um, I'm sure you guys can see the direct correlation where it's just like, oh yeah, Title Fight, like they like Quicksand. Like, and so kind of having this, being able to get out there from a live music perspective and being able to see the kind of the fruit that you, you know, like the, the seeds that you guys planted and then they've now flourished into this whole new scene of bands that are directly influenced by you guys. I'm sure that's like one of the most gratifying things that you can kind of look back on from your musical legacy, I'm sure. Yeah, there's definitely been, uh, I've seen rel- uh, um, elements of quicksand in like a lot of different things, totally. you know, from metal to totally emo bands, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. it could be any, you know what I mean? It could be a heavy fucking band to like right. some, excuse my language, um, to, uh, to an emo soft band, you know? Sure. And, uh, so that's awesome, you know what I mean? And I never get, and you know, it's always a good, it's a compliment, you know, to influence some, to be able to, to feel like somebody like was... You know, right? Like you've watched this tree dri- grow. driven enough to 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 be driven by your music, right? Yeah, you know where it's like now. <laughs> it's now it's kind of bands would kill to tour with you guys, whereas back when you guys were touring, you were just like, man, I want one band that we w- that like we completely synced with. Like, <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure that's what you guys were thinking. Like, yeah. I wish there was a band that we just like totally made sense with. At the I time know that we could tour it was with. Fugazi, probably. Right. <laughs> In our heads, it was Fugazi, right. the ultimate band. But right. Fugazi had their own agenda. Right. You're like, you we know, they tour were looking to play with like Bikini Kill and of make course. more political messages. Right. And and play five dollars. They weren't shows, playing. Right. They weren't interested in playing with a band that was on a major label <laughs> that had a ha- ha- half alternative metal sound. <laughs> right. You, that took their sound and mixed it with metal. <laughs> yeah. They were like, wait a minute, what'd you guys they, do to our music? They played two shows with us and we were friends with them but you know like uh, yeah it wasn't a yeah it wasn't anything bad it was just you know right there you guys were doing two different things they, yeah they, they they were on a different level than us you know right 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 they, um, they, they their shows were five dollars of we, course we, were, we, we definitely had sold out more than them you know <laughs> yeah you get or you sold out or bought in however yeah, you want to look bought at in it. you know which a lot of bands did you know of course so it was just kind of like the time you can't be held guilty for it no know? no not at it all it was a good time to be able to put out your music you know of what I course mean? you get an opportunity to record your music for a bunch of money and yeah live why off would, of it why not you know why would you say and yeah tour, you know totally that's awesome you know? i mean There's so many interesting bands that came out of that that got of course deals, you know that were just weird like totally jawbreaker like shoot, so, yeah 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 
drive. Yeah. I mean, there's there's tons, yeah. And I, I look at it too, where it's like, I mean, now in this day and age, the idea of sellout is such a like that's like it's so far removed from the, the conversation in regards to like signing to a major label. Like there's still the idea of like, oh, a band changes their sound and their sellouts or whatever. Yeah. But the idea of like, you know, this day and age of band signing to a major label, no one would bat an eye at that, you know? Like, whereas like when you guys did it, it was like, oh, whoa, that's a move. Like that's bold. That's a bold statement, you know? Yeah. You know, where you're sitting at now, like you were talking, you're, you're alluding to the fact that you obviously want to, you know, do more music and you want to do more musical projects. Like where, where's your head sitting in regards to like the stuff that you want to try to like create, whether or not that's something you're going to actually follow through with, but what, what's like, you know, resonating with you now that you want to do musically? Well, I'm going to New York. So I'm in, in New York. I get, I can also, I can focus more on quicksand because all those guys live there. Right. And then I have my hardcore bands, uh, beyond, of course. And, which is putting out vinyl on revelation. And, uh, Oh, nice. I don't know if Bold is going to do anything again, okay. but really I want to focus on a new project that is more in line with like a dark wave sound. Nice. And uh, that expresses that part of, that I never, you know, that I, you know, that part of myself, you know. Right, right, right. And uh, so I have a couple guys that I'm going to like plan on working with out there in New York. And uh, Seen with the vibe. I don't have any kind of name or anything yet to put out there, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Coming, That's awesome. Coming out, you know. Um, and so considering the fact that you've, you've, you know, obviously been able to, for lack of a better term, like call yourself a musician as far as a profession is concerned, um, you know, for the, for the last, you know, whatever, you know, 20, 25 years you've been playing music, um, is it, it, you know, is it weird to look at that as being like, oh, I guess that's been my job for, you know, the better part of, of most of my life? Like, how does that, <laughs> how does that sit in your head in regards to, oh, I guess, like, you know, when you're, when you're going through customs, you know, like when they write your profession, like, yeah. do you write musician or do you write something else? Um, usually with the band stuff, I put musician because yeah. we have visas, you know, usually, sure. so it's not a big deal, but, right. uh. If I have to write a resume for like jobs and stuff, you know, like, yeah. I have like a way where I can fill in like stuff with like making it sound like I'm a musician too. Sure, sure. And uh, where are the, to fill in the gaps and stuff, you know, for a resume. And, yeah. Uh, have you done? So ha, have you have you done stuff outside the context of of the band that you've been like, wow, like that job was cool or that like particular thing outside of music was something that you never thought you'd be into i've tried the culinary thing with the raw vegan stuff recently and uh i did a class like a culinary certificate in santa monica oh yeah yeah um like a year ago okay it was pretty cool and it was like uh, i learned how to do raw vegan uh culinary and i worked at like a restaurant for a couple months okay uh, it was cool i got to like make food for like people that were like you know like pamela anderson and stuff like that. yeah of course uh, it was cool and like you know right um but it's a lot of hard work and, uh, you know, unless you're a top chef or anything, you know, you're not really like, or making books or, right. you know, you're not really like. There's a, you know, there's a chef and then there's a celebrity yeah. chef. Yeah. So yeah. I got to one point where I'm like, okay, cool. Like I learned it, you know. And, yeah. You kind of felt you know, like, like you were right. You were at your know. limit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah. I do follow a vegan diet. It's not necessarily all raw, but right. I do follow that. So that's something that I'm interested in and, uh. I thought about doing that more as a career, but uh, mm-hmm. I'm still kind of interested in it. But I'm not sure exactly. What yeah, I you want to explore it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I want to see what other what are roads there but, are. Yeah, there's different things involved in that, so um, it's pretty cool. Like you said, you've you've done some session work and stuff like that for people that have needed your help and stuff. Um, that's always, especially coming from where you come from in regards to you know independent DIY and hardcore and creating your own music is it was it weird either did you have you ever done like sit down songwriting sessions with other people or have you just been like hired to play on a a particular track or something like that 
I, I've been, um, I've been uh, just hired on stuff, but uh, yeah, you know, it's it's never felt like the right type of thing to okay. do. It's usually something that's never worked out, you know, in the long run that I'd want to like stick with, you know. Right. So I'm not really like I don't really yeah I'm not like a session. Yeah, person, that's know, not like all. a pursuit that you're like, no, man, I'm I'm getting myself all. out there. I'm more into just doing an original band that's more about like the live vibe and like you know, right, the emotion of it and stuff, you know. And uh, what kind of just because you do, um, and I and I always had a hard time doing like the session stuff, you know, when it gets thrown at when I'm, when people ask me to do something, you know, because right? It's usually not the same genre or same thing I'm feeling. <laughs> it's somebody else's, right? Thing. Someone else's stuff, and right? It has to be the right you know combination you know like yeah sometimes like it works you know they get the right people together and it works great and sometimes you know it's not the right thing right. So, so. sometimes it's terrible yeah. you, you show up there and you're like i want to leave immediately yeah so <laughs> with the uh you gotta be careful you know yeah yeah get involved in you know of course it's easy, you know right right and right. people want to also like okay the guys from this band quicksand they're this underground band that has like a certain amount of credentials to them of course i want to have this guy play on my stuff to get that yeah name, you know to use that guy's totally. name yeah because like it guy, makes it it makes them credible from, sure yeah this guy's underground or whatever he's not like you know yeah, yeah. he's he's you know so yeah you got to be careful you know who's like if someone's going to take advantage looking at, out for that aspect of what you, yeah what you are and, no that's a re- that's a really important point i i so. i think it's i mean it's like you see yeah you see random people like you know I, it's just a random example but it's like the uh i remember this was like uh, gosh, early 2000s when that the band they used when they had the vocalist from that band Coalesce. They were from like Kansas City, just like a sort of metalcore-ish type band, but the, yeah. you know, legendary in their own scene. Um, I remember he sang on a track from the Used, and it was like, "What the fuck is that? Like, that's so weird." Like, but you know, he like Sean, the singer of Coalesce, did it just because he was like, "Well, yeah, the Used are really big fans," and like, you didn't feel that was like a a credibility transaction, but you do have to be careful of that in order to not be like yeah, yeah. Put, put yourself out there and be taken advantage of like there are guys that are in bigger bands that i've not that i know even like out here that are in bands that i would say that are on k-rock or right, something right. that i wouldn't even put their names out there sure that are like I, you know what i mean but i just i i i don't yeah you connect don't, with that style right 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 you know the last thing just in in talking to you for the past you know hour or so you uh you know you're a low-key dude like you you know you're you definitely don't um you know the the fact that you identify so much with obviously the emotion within music and then obviously seeing you play live like you know do people like that see you play live or just like that's kind of a different dude up there than like the tom that i know that's like off stage or do people generally kind of be like oh no like i see you know how you are how you can be those two people i think i've gotten that before and i haven't heard that in a while but i used to get that a lot from some people you know that yeah Maybe when I went more, when I was playing in hardcore bands and I went crazier. Sure, sure. <laughs> sure. They said, oh, you're a different guy. You right, know, You're right, shy, right. but then when you play in this band, you're like crazy. And Sure. But I don't get that as much now. I guess people have known me more as being a guitar player, so they expect that, okay, he's going to put on some kind of rock show. Sure. And I'm not like going as crazy as I was when I was younger, so. Right, you know, right, right. There's a balance, but. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So the, the idea, I mean, just because. Yeah, yeah, just because you are a low key guy, like so, it's like the, the the fact that the emotion is such an important part of of your music. Like, it's interesting because usually you equate lower key people with being like, you know, oh, I'm not fluctuating much in my emotion. Like, I'm kind of I'm kind of <laughs> even keeled, you know. But that yeah. that's kind of not your the emotion appeals to you. 
Yeah, exactly. That's where that outlet comes from, I yeah. guess, you know. Yeah, you can get it out there so you can be like, okay, I can be like this. I can I can be this person in real life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I can't thank you enough for hanging out on the beach here and bringing me down to this, this beautiful location. To... You're welcome. It's been uh, really nice. Yeah. It's been nice to hang out and talk and uh, check out the view and stuff. Of course. Well, I you. can't tell you how much I appreciate it. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> that was Tom Capone and me hanging out on a beach in Southern California and talking. And I was really excited that he wanted to do that. So thank you very much, Tom. And thank you very much to our very own Tom, Tom Richfield, the internet's best friend. If you don't follow him on social media, you should do so. He doesn't put out much on those social media channels, but when he does, it's good, man. It's either good observations, whatever, but he's worthy of a follow. Next week will be Christmas. There, There is an outside chance that we may take the week off because, uh, you know, people need breaks occasionally, right? And I don't really want to post an episode on Christmas Eve, but we'll see. You may get an episode, you may not. I think you can bear with me if an episode doesn't come through. Until maybe next week or the week after, I'm not telling you. Be safe, everybody, and have a good holiday. <laughs>